From deep in the heart of Texas, it's time to chain fires from freedom with another episode of the Clover Tack Podcast. Listen in as we have a conversation with people from the firearm industry and community. Are you ready for the show? We are too. Let's go. What's up, crew? Welcome to another Clover Tack Podcast, June 1st, 2022. Got uh, Jenny Jade 1911 on deck. Going to talk a little bit with her tonight. I was on her podcast, I don't know, a few weeks or so back. And um, I thought it'd be an interesting thing. I wanted to talk about 2022 in RAM, which we just got back from this last weekend. And I thought, you know, it would be really cool to have Jenny J1911 in, that being her first industry event. Uh, get her in on the conversation would give me a chance to kind of talk about some of the things that i seen, some of the things that I did there, uh, and then also get her perspective as uh, somebody new, a newer content creator, uh, kind of going through paying the dues, so to speak. Um, want to mention a couple of things real quick, though. Uh, first, we've got big Tony Simon from uh, 2A4E diversityshoot.com. You guys know Big Tony will be uh, on tomorrow night, the podcast, uh, same time, same bat time, same bat channel. So 9 Eastern, Big Tony Simon going to join us. And I think he's got an announcement for a fundraiser or something like that that's going on. So join us for that tomorrow night live if you can. If not, catch it in replay. Speaking of replay, thanks to all those that are out there in replay land and remember that if you join us live you can uh, comment out there ask questions of our guest whatever it might be uh, and participate in the polls when we have them and we do have one tonight do you own a 1911 your options are yes yes multiple no maybe one day and no never will uh yes i'm happy to say leading the way at 53 percent followed by yes multiple at 24 percent so uh, pretty nice. About two thirds out there uh, of the folks have some type of a 1911, which is, uh, yeah, which is good to know. As always, special thanks and shout out to the YouTube channel members, the Patreon patrons, obviously not necessarily in that order. Those that super chat, those that super thanks, and those that shop the cool stickers, caps, patches, and other things over on um clovertech.com slash shop yeah it's scrolling down below but i believe that's what it is so without further ado gonna bring in uh the lady of the what we hope will be about an hour she <laughs> is in the house how are you hey clovertech how are you doing i'm doing well um, Good. i think i have officially recovered from the weekend so oh well i was actually telling somebody earlier that i'm back to normal if you want to use that term normal, but, uh, yeah, it was way more exhausting in a good way, of course, but it was way more exhausting than any of you had prepared me for. So everybody said, you'll be tired. Your feet will hurt. I wasn't prepared for how mentally tired I was. Right. Like it was, it was exhausting, but in a really, really good way. So we had so much fun and, you know, it just was definitely um, even better than we expected it to be. Nice. That's what I was going to ask. I was going to ask, you know, leading up to, I know you had expectations, probably had a to-do list and things like that. And I was going to ask what was different from those expectations to reality 
<laughs> well, you know, a couple of things actually really stand out to me. So like I said, for one, I was a lot more tired. Um, my poor husband slash cameraman was stuck carrying our pack and our camera and the tripod and everything. And, you know, he definitely had to do a lot of physical lumping around that I didn't have to do. So I was kind of spoiled in that way, but I was still really tired. Um, so I didn't expect that. I mean, you know, I have, I've climbed devil's tower. I've hiked with very heavy packs and everything. Like I've done all kinds of things. I've ice climbed, done all those things. And I was more exhausted walking around that convention center than I have ever been. Um, so it was kind of, it was kind of funny, but the other thing that really stands out to me is that everybody was so nice. And, you know, I, I understand that everybody's there. Promoting. Almost, almost everybody. I talked to you in the Smith and Wesson booth. That's not true. Almost I, everybody. Yeah, there was <laughs> one, there was one, uh, exhibitor that kind of turned me off a little bit from their exhibit. Mm -hmm. And, but that was. You know, that's because I think I think I got the oh, she's a woman. She doesn't know what she's talking about reaction, which I didn't get from anybody else. And but that was, you know, I expected everybody to be nice because they're all promoting something and everybody has the same interest at mind in mind. You know, we are all right. we're all pro firearms, pro 2A, like we all have the same thing in our hearts. But I didn't expect to be quite as welcomed as I was. And, you know, I've always said that the firearm community is uh, it's a community. Everybody is very supportive of each other. But this weekend, I really felt more like it's a family. Mm -hmm. And um, and that was kind of cool. I didn't expect to experience that so much, but everybody was very you know, embracing. And I just really loved getting to talk to some people. We even had an invitation to um, one company owner's uh, place to come and stay in their guest house and everything. So, I mean, you know, it was just really, really cool, really cool weekend. Yeah. And it's, and it's not uncommon to run into a booth and have a bad experience. Um, I had one at SHOT Show. It is documented on, I believe, Instagram um, with actually a company I've, I've worked with. I've worked with quite a bit um, and had a pretty bad experience. And I let them know that I had a pretty bad experience. Now, to be fair, for those that haven't kept up or maybe wasn't following back then shot show was great but completely different than years past mm -hmm. um a lot of the booths had scale back staff and stuff like that um, and that was the case in this booth is i walk in and like nobody in that booth is anybody i knew anybody i'd worked with uh, and so it was uh i was kind of starting at square one um and i know that other and i guess my camera is going to goop up now but that's okay i know that other folks out there in the chat um some of the creators and stuff have had you know similar issues to that as well so mm -hmm. um don't i guess what i'm saying is don't feel bad for yeah. because of that yeah yeah and i you know it was very early on it was on friday and it was one small negative experience amidst a sea of very positive experiences so right. That's, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea. I understand that 
also. But I guess when you're trying to have a conversation with somebody and they just turn their back on you and continue the conversation <laughs> right. with the other person. <laughs> right. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, I do see, I just have to, I have to give a little shout out because I see in the comments, um, Reese said six hours of driving just to meet Jenny J1911. Reese, I hope to goodness that you did not go there just to meet me, but I am so happy that I did get to meet Reese. It was really cool. I met him on Saturday and at the Dylan exhibit, and uh, it was just really, really great to get to meet some of you guys. And Reese, I did not know you drove six hours. That's pretty impressive. So yeah, I, I'm impressed. I'm flattered. Thank you, Reese. <laughs> Not, as somebody that has drove 36, 38 hours straight, not that impressive. But yeah, I'll give it, I'll give it time. It's not, it's yeah, not but, bad. But CloverTech, did you drive 36 <laughs> hours to see me? I did not drive 36 hours to see you. Yeah, um, see, so. Unfortunately, that was 2019 and you were not around. <laughs> no, I was not. I, boy, I don't even remember what I was doing in 2019. Right. Uh, that was that was eons ago, right? I mean, we've had a lifetime of things happen in the last three years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It seems that seems time moves fast. Seems the 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 further we get along, the faster it it moves for some reason. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. I, and I always I always say the older my kids get, you know, I've got we have three teenagers in the house, and the older my kids get, the faster time goes. So. It yeah. just doesn't slow down. And I don't know if that'll be different once they're out of the house or not, but uh, it's kind of exhausting. <laughs> Warsaw Patriot out there. He just wants to see his name on the screen. This is a made I own a 1911, but I do own a, a Zestava. Tokarov, does that count? No, that does not count. <laughs> not the same thing. Sorry. And I, I have to say, I did not vote in that poll, but I'll leave it to you all to guess which way I would vote. If yeah, I have a right. 1911 or not. <laughs> right. Right. Now, with um, with that poll, for those that are due, jump in, chime in. Do you own a 1911? Uh, and that is easy enough. That's the poll. So chime in and we'll check on that before we, we get out of here. So going into your first day, um, what was your, your game? What was your plan of attack? What was your game plan for that first day? Well, you know, honestly, okay, so before we even left for Houston, we went through the entire exhibitor list and I mm -hmm. highlighted exhibits that I knew I really wanted to see. Mm -hmm. um, we actually had three categories. We had the category of must see. We had the category of it would be nice to see. And then we had the category of I don't know what the heck that company is. So, you know, we kind of had that going into it. But when we got there on Thursday to pick up the press passes, um, we nobody knew where to send us. Nobody seemed to know where the press room was at. And so we were a little astounded. It took us a, uh, probably almost two hours to get our press packets. By right. the time we made it up to the third floor and found the press room. Um, so then we kind of thought, okay, we might need to reassess how we do this because things are much bigger scaled than what we expected even. So, you know, Friday morning rolls around. We got there early, made a little intro video outside. Um, and then when we got into the convention center, we just 
went in the, 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 you know, one of the doors and went all the way to the right and said, you know what, we're just going to walk up and down the aisles mm-hmm. around about, and that was at nine o'clock, you know, when they opened and then around about, I'd say 12 or 1230, we get down to the end of one of the aisles and we look down and we realize we had made it maybe an eighth of the way through the convention center. Right. <laughs> and we thought, oh boy, we need to step up our game because it's going to take a while. So we kind of, you know, we started, you know, putting ourselves through the paces a little better and that worked out okay. By the end of the first day, we were only a third of the way through. And so on the second, but we did do something really smart. I felt like we had a game plan going into the second day because by the end of the first day, we actually had appointments with several of the exhibits. And so we knew what times we were going to be going and talking to those people and doing videos with them. Mm -hmm. So that really helped going into Saturday. We had a much more solid plan. And then, um, you know, by the time Sunday rolled around, we just had a couple of things where we were like, okay, we want to wrap up here and here and here. We want to do an intro here. We need to do get a little uh, be real over here. So, you know, third day we had a small definite list of what we needed to hit. So Mm -hmm. we learned very quickly. (laughs) Right. That's that venue for size reference for some of you out there. That venue they said was 14 acres. Yeah. Uh, Now, for those that have followed and seen, you know, our trips to the Wanamaker Tulsa Arms Show, the largest gun show in the world, that's 11 acres. So really close to to that size. Um, It was also a I'm going to say a perfect rectangle, meaning that everything was on one floor. Um, Often, especially with SHOT Show, you've got different levels, you've got different rooms, you've got different venues altogether. Um, It's crazy. But this one, and even in past years with NRA, sometimes it's on different levels. Uh, This was all in one big room, which was nice. Now, when I went in, I went in and I made a run around the perimeter and then down the middle aisle that had the numbers. Uh Um, That was my the first thing I did, I didn't really pay a lot of attention looking at products. You know, I was mentally making note of where certain big booths were because that's how you kind of get your bearing. Uh, the larger booths, you can see them from further back or at a distance or whatever the case may be. And so that's what I did to kind of get, get my bearings to start off, figure out which, which side was the low number booths, which side was the high number booths, which way those numbers went run, uh, you know, across the aisles and that sort of thing, just kind of get my bearings. Um, but when you do that, first of all, that technique does not work. You will waste entirely too much time at other shows if you try to do that, uh, especially shot show. Um, so that venue, though, what I and and it was interesting when we first got there. Um, we come in from the parking garage on a skywalk into the second floor. And the second floor was really neat. If you haven't checked out the quick little video I've got of just some some stuff footage that I, I took. Um, you go into that second floor, and there's portholes um, at every waiting rest area, lounge area, whatever you want to call it. There's portholes that look down on that showroom floor. Um, and so I was able to tell real quickly from those portholes walking in. I was like, "Wow, this is a pretty interesting venue." 
was it big? Yes. Um, but was it easily navigable compared to a lot of other shows? Yes, which is nice. So I'll say don't be spoiled by the layout there, <laughs> first of all. And then second of all, I would say, and, and people have asked me this, what was attendance like? Attendance was low. Um, it being 14 acres compared to the 11 of the largest gun show in the world. Uh, there is definitely from one show to the next, more people at that largest gun show in the world than there was at NRA this time, sadly. Um, I'm going to say attendance may have been as much as cut in half. Wow. Um, a lot of factors likely go into that. Uh, so that's another thing to take into consideration too, with future shows is that you can't, you come in a, at an interesting time, we're just first in our show, in our show since all of the lockdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, first in our show since all of the hoopla happened in Indy back in 2019. All the crazies kind of started with the NRA back then. So you come in at an interesting at an interesting time. So don't be spoiled by that either. I think future <laughs> I think future NRA shows uh, might get up there a little bigger and certainly if you're dealing with shot show uh the one thing that i will say you spoke to um the overall majority of the experience you had walking into the booth and and with you know not just the folks in the booth but the crowd and you know whoever was there that um that is a constant um we talk about that a lot about the vibe um i think the vibe in houston was really good um I know that I was able to accomplish quite a bit, or at least it seems that way as a creator. Um, I know vendors that are exhibitors that um, wasn't impressed with the turnout of the show, but did agree that the there was an upbeat vibe uh, and everybody was, was helpful and friendly and willing to have conversations and all that good stuff, uh, which was nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. And, um, you know, we we actually spent a lot of time at the Cimarron booth, and those the, those two guys working there were running their poor feet off. I mean, I we never walked by that booth without a crowd of people in front of their case of uh, pistols because they just always had somebody there. But I will say they took the time to really stop and talk and get to know us. And they were very, very welcoming, did a great video with us. And, you know, just, and then whenever we'd see him around, um, we actually went back up one of, one of the guys there, his name is Bobby Pickens. And apparently his nickname is Slim, get it? Slim Pickens. And so Bobby Pickens, we saw him uh, later after we'd been there to do the video. And he said, boy, am I glad to see you guys. And it was just, it was really sweet because I think, you know, they had kind of welcomed us into their midst and we weren't just, you know, people walking by their booth. Like they, they took the time to get to know us and talk to us and just drew us in. He gave us bottles of water and, you know, asked us if we wanted mints and everything. And (laughs) they were just really, really, really sweet guys. So yeah, yeah, it was, it was cool because, uh, you know, that seemed to be that seemed to be the general attitude of everybody there. And, right. you know, and I don't know, like we were at Wilson Combat. Wilson Combat was always packed. Nighthawk was always packed. I mean, some of them were just 
always, always, always busy. So, mm -hmm. you know, but I can't imagine if, you know, that attendance is cut in half, what it could have been like, how packed it would have been beyond what we saw. Right. Um, G webs out there. Uh, so could they fit shot in there talking about the venue? Uh, mm -hmm. then they should be there. There's absolutely no way they could not fit shot. I don't think in three of those buildings. Yeah. Um, and I don't know about, she's also asking out there, what else uh, is good in Houston? I have no idea. As far as venue, <laughs> that's probably going to be the biggest. It's a, it's a huge building. Uh, and then snob out there is saying, uh, no way they could fit. It felt like it was about uh, the same size as the main floor of shot show. I don't think it was quite that big. Um, if you've ever been on the main floor of SHOT Show, it, it makes a dog leg, the main floor. It's more of a, I don't want to say an L shape, but it's it's kind of an L shape. So if you took the big portion of the main floor, then yes, maybe. Uh, but with a little dog leg addition, I don't I don't know that it, I don't know that it would be. Um, so, yeah. Um, so you guys drove down, right? Yeah. We did <laughs> overnight. Um, we actually left home. We left St. Charles, Missouri at about four 30 in the afternoon. And we got down to the beach in Galveston at six 30 the next morning. Oh, nice. Um, so we drove all night, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, uh, promptly went to waffle house, had breakfast and then went and sat on the beach and I fell asleep on the beach. <laughs> Right. And my husband, I, I have a tendency to burn in case you don't notice. I'm kind of pale bit. and fair complexed. And so my husband, he fortunately for me, he kind of woke me up. He's like, hey, don't fall asleep because he knew I would just be miserable the rest Crispy, of the weekend yeah. if I got burnt and had to walk around NRA with a burnt face. But right. um, yeah, it was it was a nice day. And then, you know, we headed into Houston and we got our press packets and I don't know. Then we went to our hotel room. We actually found a really cool fusion place to eat. Um, I think it was called like El, El Muela. And they served, it was Mexican, but they served pasta and seafood and they had sushi. <laughs> so it was really good. It was probably one of my favorite places that I've ever eaten in my life. So, right. Yeah, so we went there and ate, and uh, that was kind of one of the highlights of our trip that was beyond, you know, the convention center happenings. <laughs> well, the uh, what you were talking about, your experience with going in and, and getting the registration and that taking a while, I had a similar experience with getting registered in the media room as well. Seemed mm -hmm. the event staff really didn't have any idea. Uh, I ended up actually the gun snob who's out there in the chat ended up calling him and I said, Hey bro, have, uh, have you already got your media things? Where do you got to go? What's going on? Yeah. Um, and once I knew that it wasn't a big deal, uh, once right. I just knew where to go, the, yeah. um, that's pretty normal for NRA <laughs> because, <laughs> um, and I think I told you that no. when you were registered, I'm like, registration is like really like simple and yeah podunk or whatever i, I think um, the phrase was rinky dink <laughs> rinky dink yeah and 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 yeah. the media room and all of that is rinky dink as well you know <laughs> uh once you get into shot show and you start going through that process for media uh and it's not terribly difficult 
but it's it is night and day the difference between that and and the NRA for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, you you hit the floor. Um, as far as your approach, I mean, obviously you're cranking out some content. So, was your approach my approach? And and we've talked about this, of course, privately, and everybody out there knows is kind of how. I operate with the channel. If you've been following the channel for any length of time, anyway, I go to these shows primarily to make the contacts and everything that I need to make to get product in, get people on the podcast and keep content going all year long. There's yeah. two reasons. Was there two reasons that I do that? Yeah. Basically there's two reasons I do that. Number one is it keeps content all year long. I can schedule that out and, and stretch that out. The second reason is if you go into these shows and you overwhelm yourself with booth review, booth review, booth review, um, that stuff is time sensitive in my right. opinion, in a way who wants to watch an NRA 2020 video six months from now. Yeah. You exactly. know, so if you're only putting out two pieces of content a week or however many a week, um, I think that maybe reg regulate, not the word, regulate's not the word, but govern yourself. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, maybe go into the shows if you want to do. And this is not just talking to you, but anybody else out there, my opinions. But um, if you want to do some boost stuff, go in and have your max set. Like, you know, okay, I'm, I'm only going to do three or four or however many it might be. And do your best to try to knock those out in in one block of time mm -hmm. that way it's not stretched out because i don't know you said you had appointments for one day so was those appointments spread out really far or how was those appointments and how did those appointments affect being able to see and navigate and visit other booths well so you know what we did the first day we we went and we just kind of made we did some footage with some of the booths just because I, I had told my subscribers, I said, you know, I, I want to be your eyes and ears because a lot of times, a lot of those people haven't been to one of these mm -hmm. and I wanted them, I knew it would be possibly the first time they were seeing it, just like it was my first time of seeing it. And so I wanted to give them kind of, you know, the overview of how right. grand the scale was of some of these booths and you know, the, what the crowd was like, I wanted them to really feel like they were standing right there looking at it. Right. And, um, so, you know, we did a few videos like that so that we could do the compilation of, you know, by day. And then what we found ourselves doing was actually, uh, every booth seems to have some kind of niche, right? So, um, when we went into the Cimarron booth, obviously we know what their niche is. So, we started talking about cowboy action shooting with them. Mm -hmm. And of course they're not SAS, but they have the guns that, you know, right. Shoot for it. So, sure. um, so I, you know, we started talking and we were actually looking at one of the rifles for ourselves and we were talking about how we liked it. And Greg, the guy that did the video with me, he said, well, that that's too big for you. And he showed me how you size it. And so I was like, okay, this kind of stuff is going to be really good video because people just wanting to get into cowboy action shooting might not know what to look for mm -hmm. in their firearms. And so um, I said, let's just do a video about that. Like, what do they need to get started right. shooting? And so we kind of found ourselves getting into that area of, you know, answering a specific question. Right. Um, we've got a Nighthawk video coming out that we're going to be doing with their drop-in trigger kit. 
Um, and so little things like that, that will be pertinent all the time. Like you said, some of these are just going to be, um, time sensitive. Right. And so right. you don't want to have those things dragging out, but, um, anything that can be helpful information, like with the Cimarron one, we said, you know, this will help people avoid making a mistake when they're purchasing. It's going to save them, you know, some heartache financially and mentally of not knowing what to look for. Um, and so that's kind of what we, you know, ended up doing. The appointments that we had made basically were, you know, us talking to these different exhibitors and saying, hey, you know what? It'd be really cool if we could do a video about this with you. And so that was basically what our second day looked like. But we had all the appointments scheduled for in the morning on the second day. And then we just kind of wandered in the afternoon and looked for those human interest stories or whatever. Um, we got a, we have a really great video that we're going to be pushing out with the Colt engraver and an interview with him. And right. so things like that, you know, we just kind of we kind of wanted to take a step back from the necessarily looking for something. And then we let it kind of become organic to the point where if something fell in our lap yeah. and then the third day, you know, was just kind of closing up those gaps of things that we had started on the second day. Right. The, that approach in the Cimarron booth was, was a good one. Thank because you. <laughs> because you you took something that could have been just about the latest greatest model or a particular model or whatever, and you expanded that into some informational evergreen type content that that would be relevant many years from now right. instead of you know you know what I'm saying six months after NRA mm -hmm. firearms you used for single action shooting sports is going to be you know is going to still be relevant so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was, that was great thinking on that part. One, one thing that I, I hated, um, I did not see Mike in the Cimarron booth. Um, and we've had Mike Mike's on the, the guy that does the fancy. Mike is the, Mike is the owner. Oh, um, okay. Okay. Uh, and we've had Mike on the podcast before, um, the collection of historical cowboy firearms that dude has is amazing. Um, I hope one day they do get a, a museum. They're talking about putting a, a museum at their office or something like that. Oh. Um, I hope they do it because he's got, he's got firearms from different outlaws and just all kinds of crazy yeah. stuff. And he is a great dude just to stand around and talk to. He's oh. a wealth of information yeah. when it comes to, you know, what outlaws carried what firearm and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, affordable Armory. He says, uh, yeah, here he is. He says, at the gathering, my goal was to make contacts. Bonus, I ended up with a bunch of free stuff. I'll address that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> says, uh, not swag, but actual products. Next time, I'm packing an extra suitcase. Um, so, uh, I hope that he's joking. Because if you are doing your job as a creator, you're assisting the industry the way that we're supposed to, in my opinion, anyway, assist the industry. You don't get anything for free. As a matter <laughs> of fact, I'm going to be in the red by the time they send me a product and I do what I need to do with said product. Um, you're going to have range fees. You're going to have ammunition. Let's say it's a firearm. It's a firearm that costs them. You got to think not in terms of MSRP, but what it costs them. 
Right. They send you a firearm. Let's say that the MSRP is 800 bucks. Let's say that their cost is 300 bucks. How quickly am I going to dump 300 bucks into the content I do with that firearm? At that point, I'm upside down. Nothing was free. So um, I get you. I hear what Affordable Armor is saying. But for those out there that are not inside the creator sphere and understand that, uh, please do when you talk about. Now, are there people that walk into booths? And this is something, Jenny, that we got to we've got to combat regularly because there are people that'll turn on the camera. They'll be new. You're new. Um, but you're putting in the work. There'll be people that are new. They walk into these booths, they make these deals, they get things sent to them and they never do anything with it. They never put out a video. They never, you know, contact the company that there's, there's no communication. There's nothing. They legit went in just to get some free stuff. Uh, those that are serious about content creation are not that way. So just keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so, and I know, I know that, uh, you know, we, we did have some, we did have some contacts that offered things up to us and, you know, there are things that are going to be sent to us periodically, like throughout time. And so right. we're like, okay, you know, we can, we can definitely, do some work with this and we're actually looking forward to it. And, you know, I'm, I'm not ever going to be one that just says, Oh, I'm just going to make this video and say nice things about it. And, you know, leave it at that. I mean, I, I really genuinely want to be able to give my subscribers a fair, um, fair perspective, I guess. So that's, but that being said, you know, so far what we are, what we have been told we're being sent, they're all good, reliable things from what we know. So but hopefully I'm, they, hopefully there's follow through. Yeah. Because here's the dirty secret. Yeah. Um, so How many people say they're going to send something? In a lot. Day? A yeah. lot. <laughs> um, yeah. So. If you are cold calling, this is why I say as a creator, it is imperative as a gun tuber anyway, it's imperative that you make these events Mm -hmm. because at least if you make these events, you have the opportunity to make an impression on the people in that booth. You have an opportunity to get in touch with the right person. You have a, an opportunity to woo them, if you will, right? Maybe you have something in common, whatever the case may be so that they remember you because that's one of the biggest things they may not. They may not blow you off intentionally and where they said they were going to, oh yeah, we'll work with you and we'll, you know, we'll give you access to the catalog and all this other stuff. And then you never hear from them again and they don't answer your emails or whatever. It's because they don't remember you. Right. Right. Um, Or maybe an email is going to spam or whatever the case may be. Well, if you've got a business card and that was where I was going to go next with this uh, a lot of times that business card will have a phone number and you can uh-huh. call and ask for it at least get in touch and go hey what's going on right and no. follow up that way um so i want to go down that road real quick g webs has got a great point and i'll hit on that in a minute but um with the exchange of business cards mm-hmm. how did you facilitate that did you take a picture have you got some type of a digital thing on your phone are you keeping the cards physically how, how are you managing that aspect of things? Well, so, you know, before we went, I had my own business cards made, of course. And um, I actually have two versions of business cards. So I have the, hey, go check me out on YouTube 
business card that just basically has, you know, no real personal information, just my, just my web presence. Um, and then I have my business cards for the vendors and exhibitors that have phone number and, you know, more extensive information so that they can get in touch with me. So basically what I was doing was I was handing them business cards. They're handing me back business cards. And I'm a very old fashioned person. Mm -hmm. I still keep my planner, my calendar. I write by hand. I don't keep a digital planner the same way with my business cards. I like to keep my business cards so that I, because, you know, honestly, those business cards, I don't know, maybe it's a tactile thing. I don't know. But when I hold those business cards, I remember, okay, I remember this experience with this person in this booth. Um, so yep. my plan is to just keep those filed. And I know it's the old fashioned way of doing it, but that's, that's how I'm going to do it. So I'm just well, going to keep them filed. Yeah, there's a place for business cards because, you know, and I, we've talked about this a little before, but um, always have space on your business cards. And I recommend others do as well, where you can actually, you know, white space where you can write stuff and be able to see it. Right. Um, that way you can make notes because yep. sometimes that helps. Oh, this is what we talked about. Right. This it helps you remind you. Um, I will say this every single year, because I'm sort of old school too. I'll get the business cards and it, it never fails, whether it's Shot Show NRA, wherever. I think I actually did pretty well with this show though. Um, I will lose business cards. Um, yeah. And that's the problem with not immediately taking a picture with your phone or something like that. So I've started to train myself, like when I go to take a break, mm -hmm. um, sit down and just snap pictures real quickly of, the business cards that way if one happens to come up missing i've still got um at least that picture of a business card that i can yeah. that i can use which is nice yeah yeah um, that's very true we've got uh so g webs out there this is uh where let me find his question real quick i think while you're looking for that, I want to give a little shout out to Stephen Sheets. He says he's a new subscriber to Jenny J. So two yeah. thumbs up for him. And and uh, Jeff is telling him, yes, I, I will reiterate what Jeff is saying. We, my subscribers have, I don't know, lovingly start calling themselves the J crew. So, <laughs> so welcome to the J crew, Stephen Sheets. <laughs> nice. So, uh, yeah, I found it here. He's got a couple out here. But the first one, he says, notice how in 2022, there's no can I take a video. It's straight into I am here to take a video. He said tech and our community's culture evolved fast um, compared to Snob, Clover, Gizzard's first show. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, that is true. Uh, and then he goes on. He said uh, down here, where was it? He says, how many people do you think walked up? Uh, in these booths at NRA in 2022 and said, can I take a video for my channel versus how many asked, can I have a free item to review? Um, there was no doubt people that did that because I, I'm interested in building a relationship with these companies. And so, you know, I have a lot of very candid conversations with the folks I know in the booths. So I know for a fact it was happening. Um, but to that question, um, that's very little. I think that that happens less and less as we move forward. Um, and I think part of the reason is that the newer people coming in, I think they've 
there once was only a few big dogs that were the gun tubers. And people had weird perceptions about what was going on. Um, and I think that, and it was also a different time and a different culture. Um, as far as the shows go, they, as G-Web said, they, they evolve over time. Um, and I think with the explosion of gun tubers and stuff like that, I think people have, um, most people are interested in being there to help the industry rather than help themselves. Um, and we want to do things that facilitate that. Now, sure, getting product in hand to be able to do multiple videos with over the course of a few months or whatever it might be, obviously that assists the the uh, the companies. But from you know Jenny's perspective, doing a, a video there in the booth or mine offering that podcast appearance up front is that icebreaker, right? It's that it's that first date, so to speak. It's like, hey, let me. Let me take you to get coffee and I'm going to pay, I'm going to pay for this, right? I'm going to assume the risk, all the risk here, um, and then kind of see where it goes from there. So, um, for me, relationship building with the companies is a, is just a huge thing. Um, I've got multiple companies that I, I cannot speak any more highly of, uh, sadly, I haven't seen any out there in the chat, but sometimes they are out there. Um, and it's it's just awesome. I mean, it gives me it gives me the ability. And moving forward, you'll you'll see this to an extent. But it gives you the ability to answer uh, answer questions, not just for viewers and followers, but it gives you the the ability to be able to answer questions for local people. The local gun shops are amazed sometimes. I'll be in there and they'll have a question about this gun or that gun or what's going on, and I'll go, "Well, hang on a minute." And I'll shoot a text off and they're like, what are you doing? I said, I'm texting the CEO of whatever company or the marketing guy for whatever company or the sales manager for whatever company. Right. And they're like, wow, you know, that's awesome. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it, and ultimately that helps those companies in too, because anytime that, that we all know people have a bad experience and they're going to get on the internet and they're going to run their mouth about they had a bad experience with this, that, or the other. Um, and oftentimes, you know, just like I was talking about our emails, sometimes as media will get lost in the fray. Sometimes their emails as, you know, out to customer service get lost in the fray. That company's done nothing wrong. But that customer feels like they've been blown off, right? They've been snubbed. And then so they start talking. So anytime we have a chance to assist, I think um, those companies that we that we work with, assist them in answering questions for um, for their customers and making customers aware of certain issues that are going on with certain products, be that recalls or, you know, what sites fit this particular thing. I got that question earlier today. Hey, what sites fit this particular firearm? You know, um, you know, I think it's a, it's a win-win situation and it kind of goes back to this whole idea of getting something for free, right? If we're in this relationship together, talking about the company and the creator, right? It's a symbiotic relationship, right? They're getting as much of it. Hopefully they're getting as much out of the relationship as we are too. Nobody is getting anything for free or getting over on the other. one. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I found that, um, I, so going back to the, you know, how do you approach, how do you initially approach the, the booth? Um, I was still, 
I would ask before we did any video, I always asked. Um, and in fact, when it actually turned out that that was a good practice, because when we got around to the Colt booth, um, you know, we were fascinated watching the engraver. And when my husband and I talked about it and we said, you know what, we should do a video on him because this is really cool. He's kind of one of those quiet, maybe unnoticed people that's doing a really cool thing that a lot of people can't do. Mm -hmm. And um, so we talked to him and we said, you know, we'd like to do a video on you. And he said, well, it's fine with me, but you better ask, you know, this person in marketing. So we kept going through this whole chain of command and they were like, everybody said, well, it's fine with us, but you should check with this person. And so we ended up, I ended up talking to like five different people at Colt asking permission to do video on this guy. Um, and, you know, in the end, it was great because I also got to talk with the marketing director and right. you know, she was very nice. She said, anything that you need ever let me know. Here's my card. You know, the whole the whole spiel that they give. And so yeah. um, it was good. I I don't know. I still feel like I I'm a big subscriber to manners. And so I feel like it's still, right. it's still nice to ask before you just stick a lens yeah. in somebody's face. Um, so, you know, we asked and then as far as, you know, I never went up to somebody and said, Hey, you know, I'm looking for this. Can I have a free one of this? There was only one booth I did that to and Clover Tack, it was the booth that you told me to go to mm -hmm. and ask about clothes. And oh, basically yeah. I did go up to that one and True say, spec. Hey, yeah, I'll, I said, I'll say, I'll say it. It's true spec. True it spec is true spec. Yeah. And so I went up to him and I just said, Hey, I'm an ice climber. I'm a rock climber and I shoot guns. What do you have that you could give me to try out that I can do like some promotional stuff on in return? And right. it, worked, it worked beautifully, but um, that, it, that I was would, not my approach with any of the rest of them. <laughs> so I would, a couple of things I would, I would suggest. Uh-huh. Um, and this is not just for you, but, but potentially anybody else out there listening that's, that's in the game or wants to get into the game. Stay away from certain words. Stay away from give. Stay away from free. Um, yeah. You know, if you're going to do that, go, hey, do you do you guys offer any, you know, any opportunities for testing or review or promotion yeah. or anything like that? Go that route, right? Because that implies that I'm going to do some type of work when you, you send me that product. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and you had already known from the conversation we had, it's like, right. they're really good to work with people. So you kind of, you know, you kind of knew. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing that I would say is when you were talking about the cult that clicked on me and I'm like, ah, oh, that's, that's something that we need to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Make sure you're talking to the right people. Right. A lot of times when, as a creator, you go into these, these booths at these shows, you hit it off with somebody and they're just like the, like I'm in Texas and they'll be like the North, western sales rep right yeah <laughs> and i hit it off good with them but they're not the right person it is who right. you know and yeah. sometimes not even the ceo or the president of the company is the person you need to be talking with <laughs> you know and quite often their marketing people are not even in-house mm -hmm. they farm their marketing stuff out to 
and there's a, a variety of different marketing firms out there that that cater to specifically the firearm industry. Now, here's the beautiful thing: when you walk into a booth, a lot of times I will ask for who do you, who does y'all's you know who do I need to talk to that works does y'all's marketing and media and that sort of stuff, right? I'll introduce myself just to some random person. That's fine, and then I'll ask you know a question along those lines. Now, the the cool thing is when you make and a lot of times those third-party marketing people will be in the booth. Um, um, they'll be there with that company because they go to the show and they, they help out. And sometimes they're there and you get to meet them. Sometimes they're not, but those, those people can at least give you that information. So-and-so with this particular company, right? Um, well, that can lead into multiple things. And because once you have, if it's a third-party marketing firm, once you have the information for that third-party marketing firm, and then you're able to call up and say, hey, I was in NREM, visited with this company. They said, you know, we talked about this. They said that you you did the marketing for them. You know, here's my thoughts. You know, we're going to work with you guys on some projects. This is the idea I have. That opens the door for any of the companies that that firm works with. So you go into one booth, and depending on – getting to talk to the right person sometimes that opens more than one door which is a lot of fun true yeah that's a good point yeah you never know who you're talking to and what affiliations they have that could open something else up for you and you know it's funny um <clears throat> one one thing that you had told us clover tack on the very first day when we talked there you had said you never know when you're gonna go around the corner or whatever and you know somebody, a booth that you don't expect anything to happen with, um, you'll have, you know, you'll end up creating some kind of relationship with. And we were at the end of our first day and we were kind of tired and it was, it was probably about 5.30, 5.45. We were getting ready to pack up and go. <clears throat> and we're just kind of walking around. It had cleared out a lot. There weren't many people left. And we went by the pristine um, booth and the guy working there, he's the business development manager, Dre. And he stopped us, you know, he saw the camera and he said, Hey, what are you doing with the camera? And so we kind of explained to him and he said, well, can we make a video? And, you know, we ended up, he ended up being one of the nicest people and just so friendly and so welcoming. Um, so we said he was one of them that we scheduled for the next day. We said, well, you know, we're getting ready to head out, but we can come in tomorrow first thing before it gets busy and do a video. And he was just so nice. Um, and they have a really great product. They've got this, this really cool, um, uh, rifle action. And so, you know, we got to play with that a little bit. And every time we saw him after that, it didn't matter. We, we were at the end of one of the aisles and he would see us and he'd wave and smile. And, you know, so you just never know. You had said, you never know who you're going to yeah. run into. And, you know, we kind of went into it with an open mind. There were a lot of companies there that we hadn't heard of. We didn't know what to expect. And so we just thought, you know, whatever, whatever we happen to find, we're going to be open to that. And, you know, just, do do what we can with what we're finding because it right. might be the next greatest thing. Yeah, you never know. Or the next great, or at least the best relationship you have yeah. with the company, right? Yep, exactly. Um, 
I want to go. We're, we're we're winding down towards the top of the hour here, and we don't have a hard stop time, but uh, I like to keep it around an hour. I want to move into some stuff a little more fun uh, with the folks out there. I want to talk a little bit more about products that we've seen. Yeah. Um, and we've already got a couple of questions along those lines. Miss Santee out there um, says, uh, "What did you all think about SAR USA and Beretta?" So. Beretta booth, always a lot of fun. Not a nut I have cracked yet. I made a little more headway into reaching the right people for Beretta Benelli and 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 Frankie uh, at uh, the gathering and wasn't really able to, to follow up much on that at NRA, unfortunately. Um, but I do have a relationship with Beretta as part of their clothing line, which is nice. So did visit their booth. I stood with the uh, dummies. If you've seen my Instagram, because that day I was wearing my Beretta pants. So <laughs> I kind of stood by the mannequins there and had somebody to take my picture, which was kind of fun. <laughs> uh, yeah. G webs down there says Clover sold out to Beretta years ago, the clothing line, not the shotguns yet, but the clothing line. Yeah. Um, so I did that. Beretta is always, it's always solid stuff. It is what it is. Uh, SAR USA was vomiting caps again, oh just like they did with um, SHOT Show. Uh, it's a marketing ploy, and it, for the most part, it works. I did have a conversation with SAR um, that hopefully will move forward into some other things. I'll tell a quick story about SAR. I can't tell what the conversation was about, but I'll tell a story that is related. <laughs> So um, I have done really no work with SAR other than having some of their president CEOs in the past on the podcast. Um, as far as getting product from SAR, I never have. And here's the reason. So years ago, they were going to come out with a revolver. They were going to start importing a revolver, and that fell through. At SHOT Show, I went and talked to them again. And they were supposed to bring in some shotguns. And a few weeks after shot show, that fell through. So I went into the SAR booth and I said, hey, what's up? Every time that I, you guys are putting out a product, I don't really care about their poly handgun line and all this other stuff. I just don't. Uh, and I said, every time you guys are going to bring in something that genuinely interests me, it gets flopped. I'm like, in there. anyway, they told me some things that I can't repeat, but there may be some stuff. Uh, to look forward to on the channel. Finally, from SAR. <laughs> um, so, Jenny, as far as SAR and Beretta, any any experiences with them? Um, well, you know what? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. I did not spend a lot of time at Beretta. Um, SAR was for me kind of overwhelming just because they had so much um, swag. They had the huge red bags, which I'm not going to deny. Those bags were. We got about 20 sweet. of them from Shot They were sweet yeah. bags. Like they are heavy yeah. duty. They would make great beach bags or book bags or whatever. I mean, they were, they were tough bags, but, um, you know, they had the little, the little, uh, pistol keychains. They had ink pens. I mean, everywhere you look, there was just SAR, SAR swag. And, um, but you know, both booths, I have to say, both of those exhibits were just like some of the other really big ones, just mind-blowing. I kept thinking to yeah. myself, how much money do they sink into these exhibits? I mean, um, they're tens, tens of thousands of dollars easily. Yeah, yeah. Easily. Just in the booths themselves, the exhibits. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, and just the booths, um, booths themselves, like you say, not to mention 
the other things they're passing out. And, you know, I saw a lot of people walking around um, with catalogs from the various exhibits. Those catalogs are not cheap catalogs even. They are glossy. They're on thick paper. Um, even the Cimarron guys were saying at the end of the second day, they had run out of catalogs. So the as a media person, do not get catalogs. If you do get them on the last day, because paper is the heaviest thing in the world to carry. Yeah. Um, and usually if you'll ask, they've got a website you can go to or mm -hmm. a, a, a thumb drive. I, you should probably noticed a lot of the booths had thumb drives. That's their media kit or catalog on a thumb drive. Uh. So, um, yeah, be careful with that for sure. Yeah. So, uh, G Web's out there. He says, uh, "Was there any talk uh, on the floor about leadership about Alan West and Wayne?" So, there was very little, G, mm -hmm. uh, that I got. So, G remembers Indy in 2019 when the whole NRA thing really started coming to a bowl. Um, but I have heard from a lot of two A sources, especially Sunday. Early Sunday morning, I had a lot of after the fashion show, had some great conversations with some 2A folks at the Consult Carry Fashion Show about the NRA, about the event, about Wayne, about Alan, about all of that mess, the board members and such. I don't want to repeat any of that here, but there was some great conversations with some 2A people and some NRA people in the know uh, on, um, you know, I think the phrase was the ice maybe starting to crack in relation to Wayne LaPierre. So that's good news. I won't get into the specifics. Um, what about you, Jenny? Anything on the uh, on the NRA front? No, nothing. And, you know, other than the uh, couple of protesters out front. <laughs> right. Um, you know, there wasn't really, I, I felt like it was pretty quiet, pretty quiet in that regard. So, um, you know, and we, we ended up, we actually had, we had plans to go to all of the meetings and talks and whatnot. And ask me how many we actually attended. It was a big fat zero because we, we felt, we, we felt very quickly into this whole thing that our important work was being done right there on the floor. And that was talking and networking with the people on the ground. And, right. you know, and that that doesn't even just speak for the people in the booth, in the exhibit, but just the people walking around. Even when we sat down to have a snack or whatever, we would talk to the people at our table. Right. And it's just, you know, it was really cool to get to hear other people's stories and perspectives and, um, you know, so we felt like that was kind of where our good was being done was being down there in the thick of the people. Um, I did see Reese was just commenting uh, back to the exhibits. He said the Dylan exhibit was super classy and I will agree with that 100%. I talked to Nico who is their marketing director and he said something about their exhibit because I was complimenting their exhibit and it was a beautiful exhibit. I said, this looks really nice. It's nice and clean. It's got nice, clean lines, really pretty backlighting, you know, with the blue. And he said, we're going for sexy. <laughs> nice. And I just thought that's, nice. that's interesting because, you know, Dylan sexy versus say Hornady sexy, uh -huh. two different approaches. Right. Right. Um, so it was just, yeah, really interesting to see all the different 
approaches to their exhibits that all of the all of the vendors were doing right uh, now g webs out there has got one this would be a pretty good one to close on and i'm going to go ahead quickly vote on that poll do you own a 1911 because we'll close that out here in a second but g web says adam you didn't know existed or adam you didn't know you need it <laughs> so i'm gonna let you fill that one first jenny okay um this is actually really easy for me so it's all about triggers. Um, there are two triggers. First of all, I talked about the drop-in trigger for the 1911 from Nighthawk. And what they have done is they took a blued gun and they actually had it cut in half and the gunsmith installed this drop-in trigger for them. And so I got to feel that drop-in trigger. I like the trigger in my SIG 1911 that I have. I really like it. I've never had any complaints about it. I've always thought, oh, this is a really nice trigger. But when I felt that drop in trigger kit, I was like, oh, mm -hmm. hold on. That is, I didn't know it existed. I didn't know that I needed <laughs> it, but now I need it. And so that's one trigger. But there's a second trigger. Um, that trigger is the Powder River trigger that I uh, have decided after being there, I need to install in my Hellcat Pro. You know, I've talked about how I how much I love my Hellcat Pro. That's my carry gun. And I if I if there was ever anything I would change about that, it would be the trigger. We went to the Powder River exhibit and they actually had a Hellcat Pro with their trigger in it. And I tried that and yep, definitely going to go that direction. I was like, OK, I will be installing a new trigger in my carry gun because so, yeah, it's, it was you know, both of those things triggers. I, it's something little. And the, the owner at Nighthawk actually had said the first thing anybody should do to a new gun is upgrade their trigger. <laughs> so, and I, I kind of feel that I understand that a little better now. <laughs> oh, I don't know if anybody else has lost sound, but I don't have any. There sound. we go. Maybe with maybe with some 1911s or some firearms or whatever, but I, I don't think I agree with that. I, there's really? quite a few firearms out there that are phenomenal triggers right out of the box. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, for me, you know, I walked into the Browning uh, Browning and Winchester, by the way, under the same banner as far as the firearms Browning and Winchester yeah. also under the same banner as far as ammunition but two separate companies, go figure, yeah. um, the ammunition and the firearm side. But anyway, I, I walked in there uh, again. I was trying to solidify some contacts that I had with uh, the firearm side of Browning and, and Winchester and was really looking forward to the little bolt action Browning expert 22 rifle. They did not have it there. I was disappointed about that. Uh, but um, did, and this is something that I didn't know that I needed honestly. Uh, but uh, the BL-22, the Browning Lever Action Rifle in 22. You know that I've got the Buckmark 22 carbine. Love it. I've got Buckmark pistols at the wazoo. I love them. Uh, I need that lever rifle, that Browning Lever Action 22. I need those. I'll tell you another one, and we're going to go down the Lever Action Road simply because this is the Tack channel. Why would we not? Um, man, it was Ranger, Ranger something precision. 
and somebody out there is probably gonna probably gonna know what I'm talking about. It's like RPP Ranger Point Precision, Ranger Point Precision, maybe um, makes some custom aluminum furniture for Henry Lever Action Rifles and OMG. Uh, <laughs> the couple I've got an Instagram pic with one of them. They had three or four different variants there. That were Ranger Point. Thank you, Portable Armory out there, uh, Ranger Point Precision, uh, with that furniture. And holy moly, um, it's aluminum and it's kind of skeletonized. So I think it's probably lighter than even the wood furniture, which is weird. And it's obviously a lot more robust, a lot more rigid. But um, yeah, we might be having to look into some of that for one of my Henry rifles eventually, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Can't so, with Henry Rifle anyway. <laughs> right. Um, Jenny, I want to give you a couple of minutes or whatever here. Um, tell people where they can find you, what you do that they'll like, what you've got coming up, all that good stuff. By the way, I did not mention it, but the link to Jenny J1911 on YouTube is down in the description wherever you're watching or listening to this. But uh, go ahead, give them your uh, elevator speech there. <laughs> elevator speech but you know um so yeah jenny j 1911 it's across all platforms if you search for jenny j 1911 on youtube or tiktok eh, you know it's it's a necessary evil right now um uh let's see instagram facebook twitter all of those places i have jenny j 1911 and if you want to shoot me an email, it's JennyJ1911 at USA.com. So pretty easy to find there too. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, really love to have more people come in. I, I still am able to get through most comments. Now I will say some of my older videos, I don't go through the comments so much anymore, but I well, do have and... a lot of people still commenting yeah. on old videos. So <laughs> But I do make it a habit to go through and try to respond to everybody. Um, I just love the conversations that come out of all of this. And, you know, like I said before, we all have the same bottom line, the same interest. And especially with how things are right now, it's nice for us to be able to band together and stick together and support each other. Um, so, you know, I really appreciate the time that CloverTech has given me tonight. And, and you know, in recent history, too, he's been a good person to have alongside and, and kind of point me in the direction of things. So thank you to CloverTech for having me on the show tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, we've got uh, Jeff out there says, so not two and a half hours. <laughs> no, I try to be a pretty good stickler on mine because this will go into audio podcast world. And honestly, these yeah. get way more traction in the audio <laughs> podcast world than they do on YouTube. Why? Because that is a totally different audience. Most of the YouTube folks, aside from the 20 something or so that have showed up here tonight live, um, most people on YouTube are looking for a four or five minute video. And this is yeah. not it. The podcast world, they're used to long form. So, Our, but, uh so, so Jeff is, Jeff is making a reference to an inside joke on our channel because last night I said something about an hour and they all started saying I needed to be on two and a half. And somebody said they could listen to me for two and a half hours. It happens. And it ended up being then I said, well, I'll be back next Tuesday because I do my lives on Tuesday nights at eight o'clock. And, um, 
Uh, they said, no, what happened to date night, Friday night date night with your with your subscribers? So I added that back in for this Friday, too. So Friday right. night, I'll have a live at nine o'clock um, because we do have some other other live streams that happen at eight o'clock, not on my channel. But, uh, you know, we try to not step on each other's toes a little bit. So right. Friday night, nine o'clock on my channel with you know, we'll have a date night. So Jeff, you better be there because that was kind of <laughs> specifically for you. Um, but yeah, they were giving me a hard time last night because they wanted two and a half hours. And I was like, nobody wants to listen to this for two and a half hours. <laughs> right. right. It is sometimes fun when you go that long, though. It yeah. does happen. Sometimes you get down rabbit holes and you can't help it, unfortunately. It's true. It's so true. <laughs> so um, thanks, Jenny, for coming on. Uh, Thank you. appreciate it. And for, again, all those that uh, joined live, asked questions, we certainly appreciate it. Thanks again to the Patreon patrons, the YouTube channel members, those at Super Chat, those at Super Thanks, those at Shop, Clovertech.com slash Shop. Uh, and also those in replay, either YouTube or the audio podcast world for over an hour now. Uh, <laughs> you are a trooper for that. So this one is uh, done. Till next time, don't forget to chain fire freedom. We appreciate the Patreon patrons and YouTube channel members who keep these podcasts going. If you're looking for cool stickers, patches, and other gear, be sure to check out Clovertack.com. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Clovertack Podcast. <laughs>